Hello and welcome to the Jim Baker Family Show. Coming to you from the village of Morningside, USA, snuggled in the beautiful Ozark Mountains. Today, our special guest is New York Times best-selling author, teacher, and filmmaker, Joel Richardson. Our co-hosts today are Marcella Woodall and Mondo De La Vega. And I'm Ricky Baker. And now, live from Gray Street at Morningside, USA, here's your host, Pastor Jim Baker. Thank you, Ricky Baker, and welcome to our show. I'm glad to be back. I've been off for a few weeks, and uh, we're so happy to have Joel Richardson back yes. with us, New York Times best-selling author and the Underground Show. Yeah. On how many? I cross-post most of my teaching. There's a ministry I'm connected with called Frontier Alliance International, so FAI Studios. It's on their YouTube channel. Um, as well as mine, so a few hundred thousand uh, subscribers each week. We should put you on our network. I, I really would like to have you on, because uh, you you have a you have a, a a word for this generation. So yeah. we really appreciate you. But we are in the last days, and I've had a a, a few days of thinking and praying and meditating and uh part of it i was in never never land have you ever been there <laughs> it's been a while <laughs> <laughs> but there's a lot of news breaking yeah and uh mondo you're the newsman around listen, here. listen let me give you the the hot off the press right now that uaw to strike all big three automakers at the same time Today, for first time the, in history, as we're taping this show, as we're taping right now, the United Auto Workers Unions will go on strike against the big three automakers. This is historic for America. Our economy is already hurting. Put this on top of that, it can literally, you know, cripple America because business is not as usual anymore. Cost billions of dollars of mm -hmm. loss to America. And the pressure to go electric is one of the reasons why we're watching this strike take place. Yet, in one hand, they're telling us there's not enough power to power electric vehicles, let alone electric everything, right? But yet, our industry is pushing for uh, electric vehicles to be the priority in California, watch what happens in California in the next few weeks, because whatever California signs on to do when it comes to the auto industry, America has to follow. Well, they just signed a bill that all trucks have to be electric. Mm. Absolutely. And I don't know if you guys were able to see a report. I think it was during Newsmax that one of the CEOs of a major trucking company says this will collapse the food industry in America. Wow. That tells you, let, just give, let me give you a quick example. A regular diesel truck may cost to run about $400,000, one, one, one unit. If they want to add electric uh, trucking into this you know, vicinity of, of how we deal business, that's going to cost over $800,000 for one truck. They have to buy a new truck. They can't re refit the old one. Now, imagine if you have a company that runs uh, over 100 
trucks, they can't afford to stay on. No. That's right. You understand what I'm saying? So we're watching the collapse of an industry that has been the pillar, the foundation, and, and yet I don't understand it because when you have, uh, you know, California passing a bill that has threatened the custody of, of trucking industries to be able to run in that city, in, in, in that state, should send a warning to the rest of the nation, but yet this current administration is not looking at the economics. It's just looking at the politics of politics. what we're watching takes place. That's right. Joel, do you see America in self-destruct? We are, what's, what's wrong? Have we gone crazy? Is there just an insanity? Uh, it maybe it's a disease, but it seems like there's uh, insanity, just total insanity. Yeah, it's absolute insanity. <clears throat> Someone recently asked the question. They said, you know, I know it's possible for a person to be demon-possessed, to be demonized. Yes. They said, but is it possible for a culture to actually become demon-possessed? Mm. And I think for those of us who are sane, we look out at the world wow. and we go, culture is, has gone crazy. You know, we, it, we used to say, oh, we live in a post-Christian nation. You know, the nation is no longer Christian. It used to right. feel Christian. It's no longer. And then we say we live in a, a post-moral nation. Morals are thrown. We now live in a post-reality yes. time. Yes. You know, and where satire is no different than reality. You've got this one uh, satirical, tongue-in-cheek um, account on Twitter that's saying cardboard wings are real wings. You know, yes, there are children who want to wear fake wings and jump off buildings and soar like birds. We need to stop the hatred and let them, let them have their fake wings. You know, like, how is this any different than... Mm. Uh, let, me, let me hit on something, because this ties into the pharmaceuticals. You know, there's the famous, the famous speech uh, taught warning about the military-industrial complex. So you have this... <clears throat> military-industrial complex that needs to perpetuate wars mm -hmm. for the, to line their own pockets. Now we've reached the point where not only is the government completely in bed with the military-industrial complex, they're also in bed with the pharmaceutical-industrial complex. Right. They no longer are here to serve us as the people. They're no, no longer concerned with your life, your health. A doctor, that's what his job is, is yeah. to prescribe you with life-saving medicine. He doesn't count because it doesn't fit within the current political narrative. So saving your life is irrelevant. We're going to make a point. And by the way, if you need anything, I can get it for you from India. But that's another issue. <laughs> no, I mean, but this is where we are. In order, Like my wife is sick. In order yeah. to get her her medicine, I have to buy it. It's legal from India. Actually, it comes from Singapore. Ah, you know, and this is where Americans, this is, we go, I can't trust the, I can't trust my pharmacist. Mm. I can't trust the government. They, ha they don't have our interests in mind. They have the current president of the United States. His son was just indicted. Mm -hmm. Millions upon millions of dollars in their personal bank accounts yeah. with communist right. yes. nations, oligarchs, you know, and so forth. And if this was on the other side, you know, if it was a conservative doing it, there would be an uproar. Yes. Reality doesn't matter. Morality doesn't matter. Ethics doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is self-glorification and money. 
And the insanity, they're willing to embrace insanity as long as they can stick it to the conservatives, to the Christians, and this sort of thing. And we, we're, we know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Right. We're, not, we're not dumb. That's right. They try to act like, well, you guys are crazy. No, we're no. actually, we have our eyes wide open. And, and I love the fact, in fact, I get teary-eyed when I, I, you know, I watch, oh, this, this song, the Richmond, North of Richmond. Yes. I, I watch these people <laughs> reacting Oliver. to it and going, whoa, this guy's speaking truth. There's a yeah. lot of people that are waking up to That's the insanity. Right. A lot of common people are waking up, not even, maybe not even believers. That's right. And that's encouraging. It is. But the problem is there's a clash coming. Mm. There's a clash coming between the people and the government. Are we going to have civil war? I think we're already in a cold cultural civil war. In fact, we've been in a cold cultural civil war for the past Rick five years. Rick Joyner says we're going to have civil war at some point. Yeah, and exactly what that would look like is difficult to know, but... You didn't see the news today, probably, because you were here. I was driving. New York today, almost yeah. it's almost a riot, Mondo, would you say? Did, did you see any news today? Oh, yes. Listen, this, this all has to go back to... Let me read you the headline, then we'll discuss it. AOC, other, AOC, other dams drowned out by screaming protesters at New York City migrant crisis news conference this has to go back to the roosevelt hotel in manhattan that you're talking about that are housing uh migrants from these other beautiful nations. hotels beautiful. have been turned over to the migrants let me give you just uh, uh, a number here to be able to take care of one family is costing us you me the taxpayer six thousand dollars that equals to $75 million that is costing us, I believe, every month, if I'm not mistaken, to be able to house the migrants there. Now, when you look at who owns that hotel, I have to bring it back to Pakistan. You asked me a question. Why aren't the hotel owners out there and, and, and wanting to clean this up? Why would they want to lose $75 million? Why would Pakistan want to lose $75 million? They're not going to get that kind of money from tourists. I can tell you that much. So they're willing to risk the reputation of an amaz- what used to be an amazing hotel. The Roosevelt Hotel was a staple in New York City. Yet, when you have people like AOC and other dams saying, oh, that's okay. These people just need a house. These people just need to be taken care of. These people, yet... When you have a man screaming, saying, but it's costing me and my family thousands of dollars to pay for school material. It's costing me thousands of dollars just to drive. It's costing me, nobody's helping me, yet you're giving $6,000. I've never seen people so angry as I saw on television today. I mean, screaming. They're talking about not room for their children in the school. They're talking about the cost of, everything around them, and, and, and they're ready to riot. I'm, I'm, I'm concerned that we are on the brink of America crumbling. Well, when this man that you're talking about was on television and Fox News got nervous and they cut him off immediately, he was sending a message to every American, do not put your trust on the government, do not put your trust on the leaders that you've elected. As a matter of fact, it's time for us, the people, to take all over. You understand what I'm saying? That was a call. But he was saying it, and he was just a man out there, and and 
he looked like a crazy man, but he wasn't. He no. was a he was a sane man. He was crying. He was desperate. I think he that's the voice of America. We're desperate for answers, and if our leaders are not going to give it to us, this is where I believe you can see a civil war starting to brew up, a civil war within the people versus the government starting to move. And listen, this is more than just the migrants. This is more than just economics. This is what goes back to what you just said. It's political. Mm-hmm. Our politicians have gone to bed with people like leaders of Pakistan giving them $75 million, $75 million of our tax money. $75 million right now can help rebuild Maui. $75 million can help the auto industry right now. Yet, why are we ignoring the problems of what's, ha- what's taking place in America, yet we're giving away $75 million to Pakistan to house migrants? It's, it's costing us a lot, $10,000 per hour, someone said the other day. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of money. Where are we, where are we headed, Joel? So I think in the big picture, I think it's very clear the United States is imploding. Um, Prophetically speaking, you know, look, I have children here. I'm certainly not prophesying that. I'm praying for revival. We're seeing little glimpses. As I said, some people are waking up. And revival can happen at the same time that the nation implodes economically. I mean, that's certainly possible. But I think in the big picture, where it's leading is we will see the implosion of the United States, which ultimately leaves... Israel mm-hmm. without her big brother. Right. Israel will ultimately be alone <clears throat> in the world in a sea of hatred. Um, it's not to say we're going to completely disappear. I don't believe that. But we're absolutely being weakened financially, economically, from within. Um, I'm not entirely familiar with Rick Joyner's prophecy although I did read his book, The Harvest, years ago, probably 30 years ago. And it's actually amazing when you read the descriptions of the things that he lays out, which seemed crazy at the time. It's pretty much all right now. He talked about, I remember reading it and thinking, "That's, that's crazy. He talked about LGBT activists going into church and disrupting service. And um, he actually said, like, throwing urine on people. Mm. This is a common tactic that they're using now. Like, what kind of animals are they? They're putting, you know, throwing bottles of urine at the cops and when they're protesting the Antifa and so forth. We're seeing increasing examples of LGBT. It's not okay that you guys meet over here and have your opinions. No, they actually come after us and try to disrupt our gatherings and shut down our services or this sort of thing. Or you have the thought police. It's not okay for you to believe what you believe. They're going to say, what do you believe about this? What do you believe about this issue? They'll pin you down. Unless you agree with them, they'll cancel you. They'll destroy you. I mean, even to the point where the banking system or the pharmacist will not render services to try to shut you down. They literally will not be happy until we are gone. Doesn't that scare you? Ricky, I'm going to ask you. (laughs) Does that not scare you as a young man? You know, I would say that if I didn't have my foundation rooted in the Lord, I would be absolutely terrified by the culture, by the temperature, by the, you know, global thermometer that is culture rising above every other, or excuse me, uh, toxic culture rising above every other facet. It's more important than your religion. It's more important than your relationship with the Lord. It's more important than what you teach your uh, children at your home. It's getting to the point now where, Mondo, we see that in California, 
if you believe that your son is your son and he should not be a woman, that your child could be taken away from you. We have seen a complete flip upside down of culture morals. We have to get back to the true morality. Where does morality come from? Only one place and one place only. That is the Bible. That is the word of God. That is Jesus. If it doesn't line up with the word of God, friend, don't believe it. And if it does line up with the word of God, then cling on to it because that is our lifeblood. So dad, it, it it does scare me because there's so many people deceived. This, the thing is, they're deceived and they're not even willing to hear an argument that isn't in favor of what they believe. Yeah. No, I know, you know, I could be put away for saying that I believe Donald Trump probably did more for America as president than any president in history. And I believe that. But they don't want me to say that. And they hate President Donald Trump so much that they've indicted him. Uh, four major indictments, mm-hmm. really hundreds, thousands, I guess. Charges, yeah. Charges. They would put him away 700 years. That's right. Wow. I don't think years. he's going to live that long, but I mean, I that, I mean but, that's, but that's what, that's, that's the link that they could put him away for what the charges are against him right now. Now, I'm going to tell you something that I don't want to tell you, but I'm going to tell you anyhow. I believe if they can't put Donald Trump in prison and there's any chance of him being elected, I think they will try to assassinate him. So I'm just saying we need to pray for Donald Trump. We need to... Mm -hmm. Pray with, we, they need protection. That's why we have secret service for presidents and former presidents. This is where we are. Right. America is disintegrating. Mm-hmm. We right. are in the final days. Mm-hmm. The Bible is truth. It's all there. The story of the end times is there. That's right. And Joel... I know you've studied this Bible one side and up all of the sides. (laughs) And uh, how did you come to the conclusion that Mount Sinai in Arabia to be the true location described uh, in in the Bible? So this is a fun topic. Um, So for the past five years, I've been going to Saudi Arabia I think we've talked a little bit about it in the past on the show, um, but you know, one of the mountains in Saudi Arabia, it's one of the candidates. There's a few different candidates among scholars and archaeologists in terms of where, where's the real Mount Sinai, but when you look at the writings of Josephus, Flavius Josephus, okay, first century historian, as well as, well as Philo, who's a Jewish philosopher that lived over in Egypt and Alexandria. So these guys both were alive in the first century when Jesus was alive, when the apostles were ministering. They both specifically say the tallest mountain in the land of Midian, which is northwest Saudi Arabia, that that's Mount Sinai. Uh So you have this ancient Jewish tradition from two different parts of the Jewish world, two witnesses that say this is the mountain. And then when you look at the physical descriptions that Josephus describes, the sea crossing, it lines up exactly. You go, why does this even matter? When you look at the story of the Exodus from a biblical perspective, 
the overwhelming statement of the Lord to his people is remember. Don't forget this. Don't forget the mighty, incredible, I mean, crazy things that the Lord did to deliver you, the Hebrews, out of Egypt. He ripped the ocean in half. He goes, don't forget these things. And here we are 2,000 years later after, gee, well, 3,500 years after the Exodus. And most academics, they go, oh, the Exodus never happened. The whole world is forgotten. And I believe there is a reason why it is at this moment in time, Mm -hmm. in the midst of all of the chaos, that the Lord is shining a spotlight once again and saying, oh, by the way, remember the craziest, most wild parts of the biblical story? Like when I ripped the ocean in half and did all these things, he goes, it's real. Here it is. Here's the evidence. It's been sitting out there. I've preserved it. I've protected it. And he's reminding the world again, once again, remember this. And the reason that he says, remember this, is because the God who ripped the ocean in half, who came down on the mountain in front of millions of people in blazing fire and thick storm clouds with the blasting of shofars. We're right here just coming up to the the season leading up to Sukkot. Um, Blasting of shofars with a mighty earthquake. Very soon, he's coming back. He's going to rip this, not just the ocean in half, he's going to split the sky, come back in blazing fire, come down with his angels with him, the blasting of the shofars, Mm -hmm. a mighty earthquake. So in a strange way, in a prophetic way, by shining a spotlight on Mount Sinai right now, He's reminding and preparing the world for what's about to come. Mm. Amen. Wow. 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 Joe, you've been going to Saudi Arabia for the past five years to visit the real Mount Sinai. Are there any new developments there? or What's going on now? You keep going back? There is so much. So I've been blessed. I go back a couple times a year, a little bit of a pause during COVID. But to go back, so Saudi Arabia, let me just start with this. Saudi Arabia, the crown prince of Saudi Arabia, soon to be the king, Mohammed bin Salman, he is building a mega city up in the northwest corner of Saudi Arabia that will compete with, he wants to supersede Dubai. And we all watched Dubai over the past 20 years sprout up out of the desert, out of nothing. Now this mega city uh, there on the, the coast of the Arabian Peninsula He wants to build something far greater than that. And when you look at his plans, there's so many videos on YouTube. I watched a recent video that the engineers put out. And one of the engineers, this European engineer, he looks at it and he goes, you know, it's absolutely fascinating what we're building. He says, if this is successful, it will be the new Babylon. You know, this is the type of language Mm. that the secular engineers are using to describe this. And so I get to go there and I see the development You can see there on the screen, the city itself is not going to be a standard city. Rather, it's going to be two buildings that are roughly 175 miles long. Two single buildings, the most futuristic city that's ever been built. It'll be entirely mirrors on the outside. The idea is they think it'll just blend into the desert. Kind of reminds me of when they put in the highway system in Boston, and it went through all the neighborhoods, and they painted it green because they said it'll just blend in. Um, but this beside the point, they're trying to <laughs> make this incredibly ecologically. And look, it's fascinating. You know, if you're a futurist and you're interested in technology, it's really fascinating. It's going to be a couple football fields high, so a few hundred meters high. Wow. 
and as I said, a few hundred miles, and they're trying to attract, uh, you know, biotech scientists, engineers, like the world's leading intelligentsia. They want to attract them there. And then outside of it will be, you know, the deserts of Saudi Arabia, and interestingly, not too far from all of this, the real Mount Sinai. And so it's, it's amazing. I get to go every year and see the, all of the cranes, thousands of cranes, um, just like oceans of housing for all the workers from all over the world. And every year I go back and there's more, it's growing, and their plan is to be done by 2030. Mm. So this is a big geopolitical reality that all of a sudden this megacity, there's all the cranes, is going to be just, I mean, within eyesight distance of Israel. Wow. When you're there in the Tabuk province, you can look up and see the city of Elat, which is Israel's southernmost city. And from Elat, you can look over and actually see some of the, uh, the development that's taken wow. place. Wow. That's amazing. The New York Times recently did a favorable report on your tours of Saudi Arabia. Tell me about that. Yeah, this was a big deal. Um, so uh, I'll, I'll just say this. Uh, there was a reporter that reached out from the New York Times, you know, that said, hey, can I tag along and come along on one of your tours? And, you know, obviously leading Christian groups into Saudi Arabia, it just opened for the first time in history five years ago. In fact, um, I mean, four years ago is when it opened. I actually brought the first Christian tour group in the history of the country into Saudi Arabia. And this is, you know, viewed as one of the most radical, conservative Islamic nations in the world. It's the home of Mecca and Medina, you know, the, the two holy cities and the two sanctuaries, this sort of thing. So that's a big deal. So this reporter reached out, and, you know, I, if I'm to be honest, I don't trust reporters um, and, you know, got to know this gal. She was a former uh, atheist from Chicago. She converted to Islam uh, about six years ago. And so just knowing that and knowing me, um, I go, this, this might not be good. You know, this might not turn out well. But with reporters, you just have to, or investigators, you just have to welcome them in and just trust, trust the process. And so we did that, and it actually turned out to be a wonderful, wonderful experience um, she was a, a, a great, um, great woman, very fair, and it was a very positive article. So to be on the front page of the New York Times talking about Christians who are flooding into Saudi Arabia and to have that reported in a, in a positive sense, that was wonderful. Now, the negative is that there was an explosion in the weeks that followed of some of the radicals in the nation who were very, very upset, as you can imagine, with Christians coming to Saudi Arabia. And so right now, um, with all of the reforms that are happening in the country, so Mohammed bin Salman, I mean, he's making it legal for women to drive. Um, I, some of our Baptist brothers and sisters might not like that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just joking. <laughs> just the fundamentals. <laughs> just kidding. But, I mean, he's, he's moderating, you know, men and women can go to concerts together and this sort of thing. The radicals don't like that. They're upset because it's very expensive for them to make pilgrimage, as Muslims, to make pilgrimage to Mecca. And they go, but all these Christians are coming. And not just Christians, but Zionists. Wow. In other words, these guys love Israel. They're the enemy and this sort of thing. And so there was a huge social media firestorm, pictures of me, videos of me, uh, treating us like invaders and, and this type of thing. But... So, yes, you know, there's some danger there. I'll be actually going back in a few weeks. Um, but then what was encouraging 
is to see a lot of regular Saudis chiming in and saying, we welcome everyone. And this is my experience, is the vast majority of Saudis that I meet are very welcoming, very hospitable, and our experience has been very positive. It's a beautiful thing. When peoples of different beliefs, religions, they come together, they become friends, they exchange contacts, they talk about their families, and this sort of, it's a wonderful thing. It's a very positive thing. But of course, there's going to be many that are not happy with it. And so it's, you know, it's, it's a mixed bag. Let's just put it that way. India and, and Saudi Arabia agreed to historic economic, economic and security ties after the G20 summit. How will China respond to these new agreements? So this is a huge, okay, Jim, this is like from a prophetic perspective, this is massive. Okay, so within just several years, think about this, you're going to have this massive city just south of Israel, right next to Israel and Jordan. It's going to become a massive shipping destination. Okay, so the vast majority of goods that are shipped, they go up through the Suez Canal. Their only way through this area. Now, what they're going to do is they're going to create Neom and Israel and Jordan. They're all going to be part of this massive transition in terms of global shipping and transportation. So instead of going through the Suez, now Israel is going to become the hub. And it's all going to pivot there in Neom in Saudi Arabia. And what they're, they've talked about investing a trillion dollars. Well, I'm sorry, a trillion shekels, 27 billion dollars into this, they are reviving this, this road up through, from, from Saudi up through Jordan into Israel, they are reviving what's called the King's Highway, the old King's Highway, which by the way, is the Isaiah 35 Highway, mm -hmm. the highway for the king. When Jesus returns, make the desert wow. smooth, lower the mountains, raise up the valleys, roll out the red carpet for the king, Literally in the natural, now again, it's just for transportation, the, 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 they're building this and Israel's going to be at the center of it. So that's going to change everything. Mm. Turkey is furious. Now China, so you asked me, how does China, China loves it. China's partnering with Saudi Arabia. China is, is happy with what's happening because now they can get their goods to Europe in a fraction of the time, in a fraction of the time. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to speed up global shipping. It's going to put... Israel in the crosshairs of Turkey and at the center of mm. geopolitical controversy. Wow. wow. Why is America building more military ties with Saudi Arabia? So in the same way that China is connecting and establishing relations with Saudi, so is the United States. Now, a big part of this is because of the threat of Iran. So Iran is the existential threat to Israel, which means they are a threat to the very existence of Israel, talking about wiping them off the map. They're also a profound threat to Saudi Arabia because Iran are Shia Muslims. Saudi Arabia is the heart of Sunni Islam. It's, you could say, like Catholicism and Protestantism, except we disagree theologically, but we don't necessarily want to kill each other. Um, uh, so America's building these security agreements with Saudi Arabia in order to thwart the plans of Iran. But now here's the irony. That all made sense when we had more reasonable uh, administration. This administration just gave billions of dollars to Iran hmm. in exchange wow. for a few prisoners. Right. And Iran essentially laughed. 
almost mocked us, thumbed our nose. Oh, thank you for the billion dollars. We're going to spend it on whatever we want. Right. And having worked with the underground church in Iran for the past decade or more, I can tell you, last time we did this under the Obama administration, you know what they used the vast majority of the money for? To hire secret police to hunt down Christians. And so we as the United States, we go, hey, here's billions of dollars. What are they going to, they're going to allocate a lot of it to hunt wow. down the growing wow. underground Christian movement in Iran. It's yeah. insanity. It's absolute yeah. insanity. It doesn't make any sense. But nothing this administration does makes any sense. Wow. Oh, that's true. Wow. We did that on 9-11. Yeah. Yeah, yeah on 9-11. Can you imagine on 9-11? Yeah. I, I look at this, people, and I hope you're looking at it this way. I look at Joe Richardson being here to help us interpret what's happening right. on the other side of the world prophetically. Because when things don't make sense, when I'm watching the news, I know there's a prophetic, how do I say this? There's a prophetic insight that we can't miss. Yeah. Yet the church is busy over here running from one conference to another while prophetic events are taking place that we need the watchman on the wall to help us interpret so we learn how to pray, yet we have all this happening. And here you're explaining just the idea of Isaiah 35 highway yeah. is prophetic. Wow. Then you realize a Babylon city is being erected right before our eyes that is not just any city, by the way, in my opinion, yeah. Then at the same time, you're seeing world leaders lining up. But this next question, I believe, is the price that Israel and America will have to pay if this treaty goes forward. Mm -hmm. mm. Can I ask you this question regarding to that? Does the price of Saudi, Saudi, the Saudis and Israel include the Palestinian two-state agreement. And how does this affect Israel and America? So I'm going to focus on Israel, of course, but yes, absolutely 100%. So in fact, there was actually an article, I'm going to say about a month ago. Um, so not only is Saudi Arabia building this megacity, not only is this the location of the real Mount Sinai that is now being sort of... Um, Again, highlighted for the, I mean, look, Ron Wyatt went there back in the 80s. Some, some of the Christian church has been aware of this, but the Saudis didn't want anything to do with it. Now they actually want the world to know because they want to bring in tourists. Right. So this is, cha everything's changing. But Saudi Arabia is also positioning itself, and this is, this is the biggie. They are positioning themselves as the only nation that can mediate peace between Israel and their Arab-Palestinian Muslim-majority uh, fellow citizens. And so rather than Jordan, because Jordan has always been the ones that are the custodians of the Temple Mount, Saudi Arabia is now stepping in and saying, we're going to be the custodians of the Temple wow. Mount. So not only will the Saudis be the custodians of Mecca and Medina, but also Jerusalem. Okay, so the headquarters, if you will, the heart of Islam, but also Judaism right next to each other. But there, there was an article talking about, essentially, there will be, um, I forget the term they use, it was called the Hashemite Palestinian mm -hmm. Kingdom of Jordan. Mm -hmm. So what they're talking about is actually absorbing the West Bank, as well as Gaza, 
into Jordan and creating one single Jordanian-Palestinian state. Now, again, what will be the price? The price will be Saudi control of the Temple Mount, and here's the, give, here's the gimme, is in all likelihood it will include a rebuilt Jewish temple. Now, they don't call it the temple. They call it the um, house of worship for all nations. Um, but I will say this, um, and I need to be very careful because this is sort of um, private information, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to qualify it a bit. Um, but just a couple years ago, and this is, as I say this, this will sound like Christian prophecy fantasy. Like, ah, is that really true? Mm-hmm. This, this really happened. So a massive meeting, um, I won't say where it happened, I mean, it's in Jerusalem, where all of the top Muslim leaders, um, like the, the Grand Mufti of Jerusalem, the imams of Al-Aqsa Mosque, and some of the you know, leading Muslim leaders, as well as the chief rabbis of Israel, got together and they said, now is the time to rebuild the, the third temple, to rebuild the Jewish temple. Again, they call it the house of worship for all nations. And you go, what, wait, that, does, that doesn't sound right. Why would Muslims want to rebuild the temple? And the reason is because they genuinely at least believe that the cycle of violence must end. They believe this will help, but also because there is a very wealthy benefactor who has already promised um, to allocate like about $100 million just to get the process started and then has promised to throw a lot of money as well toward East, Pal- uh, East Jerusalem. You know, so let's say another $100 million to revitalize East Jerusalem, and that will be sort of the exchange. So in all likelihood, this is what I expect within the next few years. Like, and I, I, I say this, within the next few years. Now again, I'm not predicting, I'm not prophesying. This is just based on like ground reality. I expect to see a massive regional peace plan announced that will include the establishment of a Palestinian state, perhaps, again, in connection with Jordan, as well as plans to announce the building of the Third Temple. And I'm a cautious guy. I'm a very cautious guy. But I'm telling you the the reality on the ground, everything that's going on in Saudi Arabia, everything that's going on behind the scenes, that's how close we are. Like, we literally could be at the beginning of the final seven years before Jesus. We could be there in as little as just a few years. Wow. And that's like that's the sense of urgency Absolutely. that I, I personally feel right now. Wow. Do you think it's true that Netanyahu's prepared to quit in return for a, an Israel-Saudi peace deal? So there was an article that made this claim recently, and the point, obviously, Netanyahu has huge issues right now in Israel, internal pressure and so forth, but he realizes that if Israel can get this plan, can get this agreement, they can become the center of global transportation, etc. it will completely benefit the nation. And because he actually cares about Israel, um, he's willing to make painful sacrifices to see this happen. Wow, that's shocking. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Let's talk about the Abraham Accord. Is Israel being blessed by this agreement? Okay, so a few years ago, and there's been a lot of talk about this, right, in the Christian world. Is the Abraham Accords good? Is it evil? Is it... Look, it's a mixture. Like, life is complicated. But here's the thing. <laughs> Israel is forbidden in Torah to end when they, they said, when you go into the land, don't enter into agreements. Don't enter into covenants, mm-hmm. treaties, marriages with the pagans that live in the nation. Don't do it. It will be a snare unto your feet, right? But Israel has every legitimate, legal, moral, spiritual right to enter into 
um, geopolitical uh, diplomacy with its neighbors, just like any other nation. And so when you have nations that say, hey, we want to enter into peace agreements with Israel, economic agreements, that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. We should view it as a good thing. Now, does it have potential dangers down the road? Of course, because we know that the Bible says that during the time of the Antichrist, Israel will actually enter into an agreement with the Antichrist. Mm. It says in Isaiah 28, during the age of the Messiah, after everything's said and done, it says, no longer, no longer will you rely on the one who struck you down. Mm. Israel will actually come to rely on the Antichrist. They will come to trust him as a man that has enough political capital to broker peace, this type of thing. So yes, there is deception that's out there. But this is what happens when you live under so much hatred, so much pressure, that among the Israelis, there's this almost desperation, please like us, please accept us. And so it's positive that Israel is entering into good diplomatic relations with its neighbors, but prophetically speaking, we know where it will probably end up long-term. So it's, a, again, it's a complex, mixed picture. Mm, wow. What times we're living in. I think it's vital if you are a believer and you're watching the PTL television network, if you're watching the Jim Baker show, we need to continue to support these types of voices like Joel Richardson. This information is information you're not going to hear on your mainstream media. You could turn on your DirecTV, your DISH network, These aren't the normal things you're going to hear. You almost have to seek these things out as believers. But what a beautiful thing as believers that we get that opportunity here in this first world country of the United States of America. Yes, we have trials. Yes, we have tribulations. But we are not as bad as a third world country like Joel has worked with, where you have to hide the fact that you're a Christian. You know what? We can still be bold. We can still go out on every street corner and say, Jesus is king and the king is returning soon. It is vital for us as believers to buckle down, get into the word of God, get into your prayer life more and more than you ever have. Why? Because the king is returning soon. We are living in those end times. And you know what? What a beautiful thing that the Lord has picked me, the Lord has picked you, the viewer watching, to be alive during these times. Mm -hmm. Because he knows, I'll give you the strength you need to have the voice that you need for the people you need to talk to. There are people out there that need to hear your voice. There are people out there that need to hear the message which you have, which is a message of redemption. It is a message of hope. Yes, we're living in dark times. We're living in scary times. But the message doesn't change that the blood is still good. The blood is still holy. It is still pure. And it is still ready to cover every single sin. There are family members you have that don't know the Lord. You know what? I believe that the prodigals are being called home. I believe that families are being called home. Restoration is going to happen for you and for your household. Why? Because that is the Lord's business. He is into restoration. He is into making broken things whole. So let's pray that prayer. If you don't know the Lord, today's the day. Know the Lord. There's never been a better day. Don't say one day, two day. Today's the day to know the Lord. And if you're saying, you know what? I just have family members who I am scared that when they die, they will be damned to hell forever. Let's pray for them right now. That the Lord has a violent interaction with them. That the Holy Spirit grips them even as they sleep, as they walk, as they're in their workplace. That they're saying, you know what? I just feel this pull on my heart to come back to the church. I feel this pull on my heart to come back home. You know, we have our holidays coming up, Thanksgivings, Christmases. I am praying that the Lord will pull on the heartstrings of those family members for you. That you don't have to say, you know what, they'll call you and say, you know what, mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, aunt, uncle, I want to come home and I want you to tell me about Jesus more and more. Let's pray that. Jesus, we thank you that our viewership, our partners, the people here in our studio audience, we have needs, but you already have the answer for those needs. We thank you that you are faithful You are good, you are holy, you are righteous, and you are pure. 
And Jesus, we thank you that we will never get tired of proclaiming who you are. We thank you that you will always have the final word. And the final word is redemption. It is the family to be brought back home. Jesus, we pray the prodigal's home and we pray that souls will enter the kingdom of heaven one day. Yeah. Yes. Jesus, yeah. it is vital. It is vital that we know Jesus. And Joel, I know that after everything we talk about, the first and foremost important message is Jesus at the end of the day. And I thank you for being bold. In a, in a culture that would want to cancel your voice, you are still going out there and you're saying, Jesus is the king and he is returning soon. Amen. 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 Thank you. For next few minutes, let's talk about the end time uh, uh, prophecies of Islam that are leading many Islams to fulfill the biblical prophecies. Mm. So in the same way that, you know, we as Christians gather together and talk about, well, what events in the world are fulfilling biblical prophecy, Muslims have their own beliefs, their own prophecies. And when you, when you really get to know Muslims and, and you know, even watch uh, Islam YouTube these days, it's flooded with Muslim prophecies. Mm -hmm. And they, they point to different events in the world. They say, see, Muhammad's prophecies are being fulfilled, in the, really in a similar way that we do. And uh, interestingly, that is actually leading to a bit of a revival in the Islamic world where people are becoming Muslims because of the, I'll say, the evangelistic power of their prophecies. And so it's, it's a really fascinating thing. Um, ISIS, I use that as an example, that's almost 10 years old now, uh, tw uh, eight years old. They recruited 30,000. Like, think about it, as wow. believers, we're praying for our children, our grandchildren. They recruited 30,000 kids from all over the world, burn their passports, leave their families, leave their nations, sneak through Turkey to get to Syria. That's a big risk because they believe that ISIS was the fulfillment of Islamic prophecy. That's the power of mm. prophecy. But here's the thing. That's, that's a counterfeit. That's right. That's right. It, it, it's not the real thing. And if the counterfeit is that effective, I believe that we as believers, yeah. we need to learn how to handle biblical prophecy rightly yeah. for the purpose of what I'll call apocalyptic evangelism. Mm. We need to be able to communicate to the younger generation, this is what the Word of God yeah. predicted this is what's happening in the earth. The word of God is true. But so many Christians are afraid of prophecy. They think it's weird. They think it's fringe. It's goofy. And this, so they just put it on the shelf. But the reality is this is exactly what Jesus and the yeah. apostles did. They said, as it is written. That's right. They pointed to the words of the prophets to validate their message. And I think as the church, we need to learn yeah. how to reclaim that weapon, that tool, if you will, because it's yeah. powerful. That's Amen. right. The longest prophecy in the New Testament that is profoundly controversial uh, is Mystery Babylon. Explain why you feel this passage is connected to Saudi Arabia. So I'll simply say this. Um, it might be. We're talking about this mega city that's being built. Could that be the fulfillment of Revelation 17 and 18? And I go, it's possible. I'm not dogmatic, I'm not like absolutely, but when you look at what is being described in terms of what it will become, when you look at the descriptions in the Bible, you go, yes, that could be. Mystery Babylon is primarily two things. It's the primary financial fountain mm -hmm. for the end time religious system that will sweep over the whole world. 
and it's also the ideological fountain. Okay, so it is, it's the, the womb of Islam financially and ideologically. Well, Saudi Arabia is the womb of Islam. Mecca is the single greatest city. As Christians, we go, okay, you know, we, we can have plenty of Muslim friends. We can be respectful to our Muslim neighbors, but we, we don't believe in the religion. And therefore, the worship that is being given at Mecca, we go, biblically speaking, that's idolatry. The city of Mecca is the single greatest city of what we would say is false religious worship, of idolatry in human history. Nothing even begins to encroach upon the number. Think about this. Push in 2 billion people, 2 billion Muslims today, bowing five times a day toward not Jerusalem, where the king will rule and reign from Jerusalem over all the nations. They bow and pray toward Mecca, the cube, the Kaaba, with this black stone on the corner, you know, which is kind of a meteorite. This is what they used to build, statues of Diana and Artemis and all these ancient gods. They used to use the black meteorites as their heads. You see references to it in the book of Acts. So you can clearly say, well, Mecca is the heart, if you will, of false religious worship in our day. And you go, so where is the financial womb? Well, Saudi Arabia. And now they're building this mega city which in so many ways matches mm. the description Unbelievable. of Revelation 17 and 18. So time will tell. We need to be cautious and prayerful, but it's definitely something that I'm keeping my eye on. What's likely to come next? I only got a minute left in the Middle East uh, region. I'd say keep an eye on Mohammed bin Salman. He's, mm. um, look, and I want to be clear. I think he is emerging as a friend of Israel um, in Daniel 11. You have two kings. You have the king of the north, that's the Antichrist. You have the king of the south. The king of the south is actually friendly to Israel. He's in partnership with Egypt. And so in many ways, I believe that we're seeing the emergence of this king of the south coalition. Egypt, Jordan, Saudi Arabia, UAE, Morocco, they're all more friendly with Israel. They're more friendly with the United States. And this is why we see in Ezekiel 38, 39, they're protesting the invasion of Israel. So the geopolitical landscape is lining up, and that's the part of the world that I'm watching. Mm. Wow. Mm. wow. We're, we're going to have you back tomorrow. To, yeah. uh, this is so exciting. And, yeah. and this, is, this is intimate w information from yeah. the Word of God. Amen. You want to know Deeper. about what right. God is doing. We need yeah. your partnership. Mm -hmm. Stand with us. You know, you could give... A dollar a day, and that's yeah, what does that come to? Thirty dollars a yeah, month. That's thirty dollars right. a month. Or some Deb, you know, they may be able to give ten dollars a month, even five dollars a month. Whatever it is, what we've been able to see over these last couple of years is the body coming together, giving as they feel led to be able to partner with the ministry. It is those partnerships, those those right. monthly donations that help us to continue to bring guests bring the voice of the prophets into your home every day. I do want to just mention really quickly because it's very exciting for our ministry. You know, we've been working to really, when you go through difficult times, as you guys have been so faithful to stand with us steadfast in your prayers, 
you know, we also have sought the Lord and we've been able to find new ways, diversify the ministry to help keep this ministry on the air, preaching the gospel, funding Lori's house, helping with the Voice of the Prophets or the PTL Television Network. And I do want to mention we have a new way, a brand new way of giving through our That's website exciting. on jimbakershow.com. We've partnered with Tithely and it's a it's a company that is created by believers for believers to give to the church and the ministries right. of their cho choice, where more of the giving comes to the outreaches, more of the giving comes to the church to help us fund the outreaches that we have. Before right. we leave, I know we just have a couple of minutes. I would love to roll this so that it helps you really quickly explain how the new way of giving works here at the PTL Network. Let's watch this together. Giving is a central part of our church. Because God has been so generous to provide for our needs, it's our privilege to give towards His kingdom here on earth. Giving to the church supports the spread of the gospel, local and global missions, and church growth. Now we're making it easier than ever to give and manage your generosity. We now use Tiley Giving, a tool that makes it easy and convenient for you to give online, on a mobile app, or even with a text message. You can give on our website where you can make a one-time gift or set up a recurring gift with a credit card or a debit card or an ACH bank transfer. Enabling the cover fees option pays for the transaction processing costs so your church receives the full amount of your donation. Right from the website, you can manage your Tidely account. See a record of your giving and adjust your settings. You can also give with a Tidely mobile app by going to the Apple or Google Play Store, searching for Tithely. Once you download the app, you can search for our church and make a quick and easy gift right from the app. As you enter your gift, we encourage you to consider setting up a recurring donation. Recurring donations help us plan for the future and make giving convenient and automatic for you. You can set up gifts to occur weekly, monthly, bi-weekly, whatever fits your schedule and you can manage it all from our website or the app. By giving this way, your church can easily track your contributions for year-end tax receipting, and all your giving is encrypted, ensuring your safety and security. We are so excited about this new partnership with Tithely, and we hope that you love the fast and easy new way to give. Thank you for partnering with us as we advance the kingdom of God. So we want to thank you to all of our partners for giving. This is a brand new way of giving. And I love as we've been seeking out those who believe in the gospel. As we've partnered with Tylee, they believe in allowing churches to preach the gospel uncensored. And so right. when you give through Tithely, you're partnering with our ministry, Morningside Church, the Jim Baker Show, PTL Television Network. I love how it works. You're able to go in there and you can select Lori's house. If you feel led to give directly to Lori's house, there's so many different options that you're okay. able to give but we ask that you go to our website it's very easy go to the website click on that donate button and you can see all the different options that we have there and we want to thank you for partnering with us there are many who have answered that call you've been partnering steadfast with our ministry and that's what allows us to continue to broadcast right. the gospel all around the world you know this is how i give my sunday donation yes. when i come here to church I'll be honest with you, half the time I'll be like, oh my goodness, I forgot my wallet in my car. I forgot my wallet upstairs, wherever it is. And so this just made it so easy for me to, I have a reoccurring one well, the on thing Sundays that now. People need to understand, this is going to cause their offering actually to be 
up to 66% more. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Because it takes the fees that we would normally have to pay to process that's that's right. away yeah. by using this system. This is new, and uh, I'm excited about it because yeah. every dollar counts Amen. to keep the ministry strong. Amen. And we need help every week now if we're going to stay on the air. Amen. Yeah, the Lord right. is faithful. He's faithful to our ministry, but he is also faithful to you and to your household. I want you to never forget that as you tune off today, and as you go into your day-to-day life, whether it be the morning or at nighttime, whenever you watch this, remember this, that God is faithful. He is a righteous judge that sits on that throne, yes, but we have an intercessor that is the slaughtered lamb that was on that cross for us, and he is faithful, faithful, faithful to us, but also to you and to your family uh, in your day-to-day lives. Don't forget, tomorrow, Joe Richardson will be back with part two of a message that only he, I think, will bring. So remember, God loves you. He really does. Bye-bye for today. I want to thank you for watching the Jim Baker Show today. We want to encourage you to stand with us. If you want to support a message of the last days, we bring great men and women of God, the prophets of God, to this program every day. We need to stay on the air till Jesus comes. I need your support today. That monthly giving will keep us on the air. Times are tough, but God's people can make anything happen. With God in in unity, we can bring miracles to pass. A dollar a day, many are joining that club right now. We also have the Jubilee Club at $50 a month. And then we have my club, the President's Club, at $100 a month. I need your support. Pray about becoming a monthly partner. We are totally in the last days, but we must keep the message of the gospel going forth. We need your support. And I pray that if you have the ability today to give a one-time gift to keep the devil away and to meet our budget this month. We need help desperately. I'm going to personally, for my Social Security, I'm going to give a $1,000 gift today to the ministry. And I hope someone will join with me and give that one-time gift as well. But these monthlies will keep us going till Jesus comes if you'll just do that. So call me right now, 1-888-988-1588. Remember that God loves you. He really does. Thank you for calling. Bye-bye.